Is it possible that a relationship with Jesus could impact every part of your life? If we're honest, we live compartmentalized lives that are all in on Sunday mornings and the rest of the week we live as agnostics. But if we truly lived as sons and daughters of God, what would that mean in every part of our lives? On this episode of The Father Pursuit, we discuss how a relationship with God can impact our family, business, and every other part of our life. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Thanks for joining us on The Father Pursuit. My name is Matt Davis, and I am here with Brian Elliott, co-founder of M46 Ministries. M46 is taken from Malachi 4.6, where it says, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So we believe that God is calling us to restore relationships between fathers and their kids. And moms, you're out there too. We believe all of that. He wants to bring families back together. This is a ministry of reconciliation. So we get to do that by sharing our testimonies, get to speak to the places where we've fallen short and we've messed up, um, where we've locked God out. And God said, no, I want to be part of even that. So Brian, it's good to be here with you. Here's my question to get started. What does it look like to be a son or a daughter? Well, I think if I um, if I look at that, what it doesn't look like to be a son or a daughter, <laughs> that so when I look at my pre-2016 life, I mean, my identity really was tied in with my behaviors, with my successes, with accolades, titles, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and really... You know, none of those things last. They all fade away, and and they're exhausting, right? And uh, it, it and it's so beautiful too when you begin to to move into to sonship, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today as well. That uh, you know, and that really begins to to change the way we see God, the way we see ourselves. Right, we begin to move into our true identity as children of God, with with Jesus as our brother. That we're literally offsprings of God, and and uh, I mean that that really changed how I operated in every single aspect of my life. Now, again, it, it's all a process and God's incredibly patient and, and, you know, the process is messy as you and I were talking about uh, last time too, but um, it just takes you on a totally new trajectory. Yeah. So, you know, in Romans eight, it says the, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again, rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him, we cry, Abba, Father. There is a, a place and a point where we have to make that transition that we are no longer orphans. We are no longer slaves. But that what adoption means is that you are in the family. You are seated at the table and you have an inheritance. And so we, we miss that 
Um, and it reminds me of uh, Henry Nouwen, and he talks about our identity, right? And he says, the, the lies that we can believe is that I, I am what I have, I am what I do, and I am what others say about me, and how easily we can believe those lies that that really like seem like it that they bait us in initially and then leave us hanging and leave us empty in the end you know i love that matt because the other three lies that i talk about in in terms of orphanness is uh three different ones so it's i'm not enough i'm not lovable and i'm not worthy so What's interesting is that every human being on earth experiences one or all three to greater or lesser extents. And I found in my life, I had, I'm not enough. That was playing out in my life continuously. And it, it's incredible. It impacted everything in my life because the, when you need to prove something and, uh, and you've got that, um, that unattainable, uh, lie that uh, that there's no way you can quench it. So it didn't matter how successful I was, what I did in charity, or anything like that. Like that 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 lie was still there. And and then as we receive the truth of our identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God, right? The those things get washed away with the with the love of Jesus and you know that spirit of adoption, the spirit of acceptance, and then. That's when we can truly say, you know, call God Abba Father, and we we see Him as our heavenly Father, and and so it's it's a dramatic shift in life, and it and it literally changed everything. The way I look at everything, from you know relationships to to how I look at people, to how I run my company, to M forty six or or anything else, it's been incredible. Yeah, I, I I relate to that, and I think that there's something about that getting our identity right from the get-go that we we sometimes we we just miss it. i think some of the work that i've done and as i've talked to other people um but really even in my own life uh my 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 past life was i was i was a pastor at a big church for a long time and uh, one of the things that i've learned over the last uh, couple of years is getting my identity straight. And, and really, I kind of put it in these three categories of identity, assignment, and calling. Hmm. And we get those three mixed up. Um, and really, like, even as a pastor, I thought that my past, my being a pastor was my identity. Like somebody said, well, who are you? Tell me about yourself. I would say, I am a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I realized is, wow, now that I'm not a pastor, um, and that's that's some of the problem, right, is if we say, this is who I am, but it's not grounded, our identity is not lodged in our sonship, um, then we're missing it. So I, it, there's an undoing for me of, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a pastor. Really, that the fact that I was a pastor was an assignment for me. That was what God had for me in that season. But my identity, he's calling me to so much more. And so I, I'm, it's interesting because one of the things that you talk about in More Than Gold is how this identity really infiltrates every part of our lives. Um, and, and really for us as fathers, uh, how does that kind of change the game for us and, and not just have this be, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian, this is my identity on, a, on Sunday morning? Well, I think what's interesting too is when you move into the the spirit of sonship um and you you ex and you're you're able to now again that's that's a process and i'm going to say that probably many times through every because yeah. it's a journey right and and you know and success is really you know living the journey with god and with others and um i find that it also changes the way we see god right and so our, our lens and our perspective or our filter 
gets cleared and we begin to see God rightly. Um, there's a somebody that I followed for a bit named Doug Sherman, and his whole ministry had a um, kind of an introduction to it. And and he basically, his point was, he said, the trajectory of your whole life is determined by one single thing, the image of God that you live your life with. Sadly, most people live with a false view of God that he is irrelevant, critical, distant, and not very interested. It's a lie. It's a tragedy to live life with a false view of God. It affects everything in your life. So I think when we operate in in that uh, that orphanous, you know, we see ourselves wrongly and we also see God wrongly. And I mean, can you imagine like it's a tragedy to live life with a false view of God? And and that's really where we get to see God as our loving and heavenly Father. So you talked about the beginning, Malachi 4, 6, turning the hearts of the, the fathers to the children and children to the fathers. Like when we turn our hearts and we receive that spirit of sonship, we cry out, Abba, Father. And that relationship that we have with the Father, with our heavenly Father, enables us to show up to our children so much differently because we can begin to represent Him differently as we know him. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened with me that, you know, Bryn saw me begin to, uh, to, to, uh, show up with her differently, to show up with others, to the way I lived my life, the way that, um, I just honored and respected people to the way I ran my company and charities and all the different things. Like there was a, there was a, a real shift there and, uh, and, and it has impacted every aspect of my life. Yeah. I, I think that when you see a lot of messaging out in the world, especially towards men, uh, you you get you know there, there's a lot of like you see this in marketing a lot that like you know the the dumb guy we're kind of like cavemen and we don't get it right so we need things explained to us or it's this call to like man up and you know be super macho and you know guns and drinking and all that kind of so there's that kind of thing and then there's also like the, the other thing that we get is is shame um right like you need to do better you need to like you know we have this like you gotta hustle 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 that that is the the picture and really like i think even as we've talked about moving into having these conversations on a podcast um that you don't want any air of condemnation and we're not speaking condemnation to anybody but rather this is an invitation to fathers to this is a better life and one of the things that we talk about in m46 is that this is the better way um, that the life that Jesus offers is so much better in every way. Um, that men like come in, you're missing out if you're not walking in this direction. Well, it, it's so true because, like Jesus came to show us the Father, so He's the physical, the visible image of the invisible God, and like we join in with the saints and we bring forth the inheritance of the Father for the Son, right? And that's us becoming a mature bride. And some of these things are are hard to grasp because, you know, we can tend to put a male, female on it, you know, that we are the bride of Christ, but we're being formed into the image of Christ, right? Who is that perfect image of the father? So it's, it's, it's easy to take our eyes off of uh, Jesus and into what the world is espousing and, and really what people are saying. But I mean, the centrality of our faith is Jesus. Like, like how did he, like, I think the chosen, is incredible right for how it it really portrays jesus and the just the how approachable how relational how he valued everyone and uh, he had a great sense of humor 
you know, he, uh, he, he was, uh, just a, just a great man and, and friend. And, and, and so that, that's our model. So we just can never allow the, anything to, uh, to, to really, uh, overtake that number one role model we have. And, you know, through the power of the Holy spirit being continuously from glory to glory transformed into his image. Yeah. Um, one of the things that is, uh, in the book, uh, uh, let me just read a quote here. It says in scripture, the men and women, kings, queens, judges, military leaders, governors, prophets, teachers, and preachers all serve as examples of what to do and what not to do as leaders. Some began with promise and ended in disgrace. Others began with less than nothing and rose to great prominence, eventually leading their people to freedom and prosperity. It, it seems like as you follow through and you you look at the lives of some of these characters throughout the Bible, um, it, how they lived, uh, whether as orphans or as sons and daughters, um, that, that God is directing their stories. And uh, really, like, how does that come out in every single part of their life? There, I was telling you earlier, there's a, a, a company that I love uh, called Despair Inc. And they put out these they're not motivational pictures. They call them demotivational pictures. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's one of these pictures. It, it has the, the big word across the bottom. It says failure. And underneath, there's, and there's a picture of a, a ship sinking. And it says, it could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others, um, <laughs> which I think is fantastic and is a good reminder for us. But Really, we want to live a, a good life, right? We want to. We we don't want to live that story of starting with promise and ending in disgrace. Uh, how do we actually live a great story, and can that great story impact and manifest itself in every area of our lives? Well, it's funny talking about, um, you know, in scripture, you know, King David, like what a, uh, and when you look at him, he was the least likely. Right, the youngest and the smallest, and uh, you know, from outer appearance, you know, and you know, he was a shepherd and a musician, and uh, you know, but you know, God had great plans for this man, and despite his weakness and his failure, I mean, it's just I find it amazing that you know, everything from you know, struggle with lust and even murder, and uh, but he he his heart was always to turn to God, like he would just. He would write psalms. He would sing. He would dance. And and one of the things that's amazing is how David he actually, despite all that, he really pulled on that new covenant understanding of the gospel a thousand years before Jesus, because he he operated in a totally different way, and he operated so relationally with God. So I think when you see like the life of David, um, and what I love about the Bible too, it's so real. Like they don't they don't just show these victories; they show really sometimes it's a it's it's incredible failures, moral failures, uh, relational failures, and then you see this uh, this redemption. Like whether it be David or Job, or it doesn't really matter who it is. Like the the Bible just is so raw and so real, and I think. Um, when we look at ourselves, I think that when we understand that, you know, from our hearts, like that's where really transformation flows. So it's an inside out process. And so as we begin to change and shift as as people, then our families, our, our children, our families will begin to, uh, the things externally begin to to really shift. And even a company like the, I know that um, that my company, like the health of the company, the people and the culture it's it's been a really interesting journey because it's been actually it's been running in parallel with my life so as i've been healing and growing i can just see the tide is is rising and that rising tide 
floats all ships, so it's all boats. So it's it's quite interesting how that works. Yeah, so I, I'm curious about that because you know when you're not playing a podcast pro here on <laughs> the Father Pursuit podcast, uh, you actually have a life outside of this, and where, where you actually have a company, and you are the CEO of your company, and you're moving like so. Does does this cross over? Is it? Are, how does that work? What does that actually look like to have a kingdom perspective to bring the kingdom into really every part of your life? Is it even possible as a CEO to be able to do something like that? Well, what's funny is our our last podcast was on religion, and uh, 2016, you know, I made Jesus Lord, and you know, I really wanted my life to live my life for Him, and I had a lot of zeal and a lot of passion, and. Um, but still quite a bit of orphanness. And so as I, uh, uh, you know, began to move in, into these new truths, I really wanted to, uh, to make my business, uh, my company, uh, a company that really represented God, like a Christian company. And so I made God in 2017, I I told my advisory board, you know, that uh, God is now 51% owner. You know, I'm no longer <laughs> the, uh, the owner. In fact, I'm, I'm not even the majority shareholder. Actually, I did it the opposite. I, I told them that first, then I paused, and then I said, "God is now fifty-one percent." And it was kind of funny because the the looks on their faces. Um, it meant something obviously none of them had ever ever heard of before. And uh, um, but what happened was, I was also trying to. You know, I, I tried to bring in some Bible study. I tried to you know, do some things that were putting the pieces of what a what I thought a Christian company would do, without having that heart uh, in place in that real relational footing in place myself before I did that. And, and so that really progressed. And it, what was interesting is when I tried to implement these things and as a Christian company, even the Christians didn't like it. Like they thought that, you know, it, it was, so it, it, it really repulsed everyone. As I began to grow in relationship with God and in maturity, the, um, I began to understand the kingdom of God and operate in a whole different mindset. And, and that's a, it's a relational mindset with that values people. And so what happened is that 2017 to shift it to 2020, you know, I came to the understanding that, you know, everything is God's, everything good that we have is a gift from him. And, and I'm simply a steward of, uh, of what he, um, partners with me on while I'm on the earth. And, and as a steward, I understand that, that God is the owner and he's the one that makes the rules. And I'm the one that is the, the earthly representative partnering with him and others, right. To, uh, to bring his kingdom in and his kingdom, it's, it's not religious at all. And that's where believers and non-believers, everybody flourishes. So it's an entirely different, uh, environment, entirely different culture, an entirely different way of living. So I'm, I'm just curious. So, you know, cause I imagine like the, the first implementation of, of all of that, it maybe looked or felt weird. Um, it felt uh, uncomfortable, maybe even for you, I'm sure it did. Right. Like to, Hey, we're going to do something different. And all <laughs> as they're hearing, like, uh, we have a, a new prime primary owner here, 50%. They're thinking like the, the shares just went down, really they're going up, but what does that tangibly look like? Do you open up every single meeting with prayer, um, are you like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take uh, Fridays off, or we're gonna have a Sabbath day, or everyone needs to go to church? Are you only hiring Christians? Like, what does that look like for you? Well, interestingly, I mean, it's uh, it was a process, and it was nothing. Like the whole thing is, I think that it was organic process of as I moved in with relationship with the Lord, the expression of Him in and through me began to to shift the way I look at people, the way I looked at relationships, the way I looked at the company. And, um, 
and, and that just began to to shift over time. And now we you know we have uh, we meet with a senior team every morning at nine a.m. and uh, and our first fruits or, or tithing of our time is is to the Lord. Like we will have a thirty minute prayer meeting on Wednesdays. We'll meet earlier so we can uh, have more time together in prayer and just the word. We'll have guest speakers in, and so it's 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 quite amazing. And then we also have you know prayer teams that um, uh, don't do the the hands-on work of the company, but they do the spiritual work of the company. So, and then sometimes we'll mingle the two together, and uh, you know we'll have worship going in the office most of the time, if not always. And it's but it's not a it's not a forced thing, and it's a you know I've got a. Uh, just a wonderful uh, Muslim man who uh, who comes in and he comes with a big smile on his face. He gives me a hug and you know he said, "I I love you, Brian," and I, and I give him a hug. And <laughs> so it's it's actually it's incredible. And we have great talks and um, and so the and then most of our uh, the people that are of, of faith, you know, quite a few of us will spend. Uh, I spend quite a bit of time with the Lord and the Word and prayer and sometimes just total silence before we meet together to pray. So. Um, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a lifestyle of the kingdom and it's a, like you could call it a lifestyle of worship. And, and it, there's some real key things that, that need to shift in terms of understanding that we began to understand that work is worship, like as done unto the Lord. And we, we work as unto him and we work with excellence. And, and so when you start to understand that, cause some people feel, well, you know, I can't do my religious thing because I better work. And, and that's a, that's a totally false way to look at things. And we began to understand how God created us, right? To to work with him, to co-create with him, to partner with him in everything that we do. And uh, a great quote that I heard a few weeks ago is, work is, uh, is love made visible. So really we're designed to work and in that work, we're serving someone as we work. We're, we're, and that, that value exchange is occurring. So it's it's a it's an incredible process. We're gonna have to talk about this someday. We're like because that's what we we get it all so mixed up. Even in the garden, before sin, Adam and Eve, they are in the garden, and what are they doing? They're actually they are working. I think we have this like this picture of what it was like there. But I think there's there's a work as worship. There's work as joy. Um, and I think some people are gonna be in for a surprise in heaven that there is a an element of work, but it, it doesn't feel like work in the sense that we know work, right? So um, one of these days, we'll talk about that eventually. But, um, you know, I, I heard of a company that uh, he, he wanted to, in the same way, put his money where his mouth was. And so he, I remember, uh, this is a European company. They were creative design. And he said, we're going to do something. Um, we're going to take the seventh year off as a sabbatical year. And I'm going to send out all of my artists. Um, you're going to pick up a, a part of the world you want to go and, and get inspiration and retune and be inspired again. And then we're going to come back. And everybody thought you're nuts because that's not going to work. You can't just take a year off of your company and expect to, you know, actually be profitable. And lo and behold, he did it and has been doing it for years now and came back with even more than what he had started with. So it's it's amazing. it's almost as if God knows how all of this works or something. Well, do you know what's funny is the uh I mean that's incredible because God revealed that to him and right and he was simply obedient and he went with the leading of the spirit because so often people will say, well, what do I do to make my my company a kingdom company or how do I express faith at work and and there's no, it's like, it's never a model. 
right? It's never do A, B, and C, and D. That, that's where you can fall into a religious mindset pretty quickly. So it's mm-hmm. the it's a, it's an, an expression of how God created you and the people He's connected you with. There's a there's a living expression of you know because the church is not a building, right? The the building the church building itself is where we gather as saints, but the the church is made of living stones. Right. And and those living stones with Jesus as the chief cornerstone that that were put together and we have very specific placement. And so as we uh, begin to move and mature, like we'll move in boldness, but not a um, but it's one where it's it's based in love. And, it, and there's that courage is love because we 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 see and we think and we act differently as we become more and more like Jesus. So we get to, we get the privilege of representing him on the air. So quite often, if I'm going to make a decision and, and if I'm, uh, you know, spending time with the Lord and, and really just honoring him and all that we do, like one of my favorite scriptures is seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the stance of, of the kingdom, right? Where we, we value the king, we value the kingdom and we we put our hearts there. We we look to him for everything, and and that is um, when we place our hearts that way, we'll see that actually Psalm thirty seven comes to mind. Is uh, it, it's it, there's some beautiful aspects of that, but it's you know it's one of them I love is give the Lord the right to direct your life and trust him along the way, and you'll find out he pulled it off perfectly. So, you know, our creator, the one who designed us, like he wrote our book, he's the one that we fulfill our destiny by partnering with him. So, so seeking him and his kingdom and his righteousness, right? And there's so much, there's so much rest and there's so much peace in that, that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, that it's, you know, we're empowered by grace, we're saved by grace. It's, you know, his favor. And I mean, it's just incredible what we have the, we have access to as children of God. Well, I think... This is a good place for us to wrap, but I'm thinking too, there's so much more. uh, And I want to just invite those of you who are listening, uh, two things. Um, Number one, uh, on m46ministries.com on the website, there is a podcast page and we will be posting up there uh, different things. There'll be uh, little pieces of the book that you'll be able to get before the book actually comes out. Um, just invitations to dive a little bit deeper. So that's that's number one. Um, and then number two is to just look at all of the different areas of your life. Look at all of these different places and then say, God, here's here's a place that I've been holding back. Here's a place that I have not let you in because I didn't give you domain there. I didn't want you to come into this because I knew that you would just, it's almost like the, the, the prayer of Jonah, right? Like, God, I knew that you were gracious and merciful and you would save them if I actually spoke to them. And, and sure enough, um, when we let God into those places, uh, he will do that. So what are those places? Just to be able to sit for a moment and to say, God, um, there are places of my my heart, there are places of my life that I have held to myself and I need to give you ownership. Would you be the CEO of this part? I'm going to give you not just 51% ownership, but take it all because you're going to multiply that in, in so many different ways. And and then just finally, don't believe the lies. And I'm going to go with you instead of now. And don't believe the lies that I am not enough I am not lovable and I am not worthy, but to live into your calling as sons and daughters of the King. 
Thanks for listening to the Father Pursuit Podcast. We hope this time together has inspired you to invest in your number one discipleship relationship, the one you have with your children. This is a road we walk together and we know transformed people transform people. For more resources and real life stories to give you hope for the journey, visit us at m46ministries.com. Until next time, may your pursuit be blessed.